Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? I'm doing well, sort of recovering. Uh, it was a rough night. <laughs> How are your cows? <laughs> My cows survived. My trees didn't survive, but I call that uh, nature's pruning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See my the yard. trouble is, they weren't just. It wasn't just pruning a few limbs. I had some nice big trees go down oh, that's heartbreaking. but then it messed up my schedule you know <laughs> I, don't like, I like to get my stuff down so we got delayed but it didn't matter much because we didn't have electricity and we couldn't get on the internet so that's why we're late and we're going to do some catch-up and sometimes when things like that happen the program turns out okay anyway because uh, we don't have uh, much competition because all we're going to do is look at what's going on and tell you what we truthfully believe about it and help you in, to interpret this. And today is not uh, overly exciting of what's going on, but significant. You know, and we want to talk once again about, guess what, uh, the data, the, the reporting of what's going on. And I remember so clearly when this epidemic started that the numbers, it turned out after a while, he didn't believe the numbers because they couldn't get the difference between, uh, you know, cases and infections, and uh, they they uh, they would change it. You know, they, everybody had COVID, and nobody had the flu because they got paid more if they, they had COVID, and uh, that that was statistically. And they were doing not doing the test right. They ran the test uh, in a in a way where they could produce more more in people with infection, and that's sort of what's. Uh, uh, what's been going on now because everybody knows that the last several months it's been the return of this vicious epidemic and uh, yet at the same time we're seeing tremendous confidence with the people like we mentioned yesterday about people going out to the football games and and getting sick and tired of lockdowns so the, the people aren't quite with this uh, supercharged epidemic that has returned and the numbers prove it but uh, I think they're unreliable because it looks like uh, it doesn't take much for anybody that's in the hospital that they can get tagged with uh, part of the COVID system. But, but it isn't COVID anymore. It, well, this is a breakthrough and, and, and this is a variant, but they don't even have tests that sorts all that out. Uh, so, and the, the report that we're gonna refer, refer to, I, I believe it came from the uh, the uh, magazine Atlantic yeah. and and what they've come up with with a detailed study of this and they have more statistics now and uh, and they're saying that uh, uh, the, the the number of people that have been admitted the way the the way they are measuring it they're they're admitted and then they've been said to have have this infection but the one thing is, is they looked in detail of the people that have that label and found out that over half of them weren't sick not real sick that is uh, uh, the, so the death rate was down and it was once again I think they they fudge these figures to perpetuate and you know we, we cited so many things in this past week about boy this is this is good news good news and people are have every reason in the world to back off with uh, uh, you know the vaccine passports but but guess what even with this news going on you know uh, our uh, our leader in this affair who've made himself the leader, his name is Fauci or something like that. He says, no, we gotta be thinking about, you know, really cracking down on flights, people 
people getting on airplane. So the whole thing about the, the vaccine passports, it's not dead, even though it should be dead. Philosophically, I think it's dead. Medically, it should be dead, but it looks like they're darn and determined. But this sort of helps people say, well, if you are getting questions here, this, this raises more questions. And, uh, and when, if you've been frightened, and some people have been frightened, you know, in these last several months, yeah. tremendous increase. You know, they started putting masks on at schools and, uh, and, and putting all these regulations on. So uh, p- people need to relax a little bit because right now this is indication. Matter of fact, they didn't always have this position. Yeah. Early, early on, the Atlantic was saying, you know, this is very serious business, and they've sort of backed away from them. Well, so I do think they have some credibility in, in what they're talking about now. Well, the real story of this whole entire chapter, I think, uh, unholy chapter in our history, is that all the data is being presented as false and misleading and contradicting itself over and over again. That's the story of the whole thing. But let's step back just a little bit because... You know, at first, as you as you pointed out in your introduction, uh, it became about cases rather than sicknesses, and rather than how many people are super ill, it became how many positive tests can we return. Well, then that became a little bit shaky uh, as a measurement because even Fauci said, if you turn the the uh, PCR test up too high, you're going to get a bunch of false positives, which is what we did. So the gold standard then became hospitalizations. You remember the big deal. The hospitals are overrun. The hospitals are overrun. This is the measure of how, how bad the disease is. And that's what we've seen all the way up until the present time. Uh, that was the most uh, reliable, uh, supposedly, um, uh, indicator. But what's happened now is a new study that was done. And this is not some fly-by-night. It's a new detailed study. Researchers from Harvard Medical School, Tufts Medical Center, and the Veterans Affairs healthcare system launched a study where they analyzed the records for 50,000 COVID hospitalizations. Very large study. They wanted to look at, okay, what does it mean to be hospitalized as a COVID patient? And what they found was startling. And they did the study in 100 uh, VA hospitals across the country. And this is, as you say, reported by The Atlantic. We'd even put up that first clip if we want. It was reported on by The Atlantic. And that's also interesting, Dr. Paul, because as we've said, some of these mainstream publications are starting to report things that only we talked about (laughs) and people that were canceled talked about. But what they found was fascinating because the, the, um, the criteria was whether they needed oxygen or whether the oxygen uh, saturation levels dipped below 94%. That's what they would call moderate or severe COVID. What they found was startling. From mid-January through the end of June of 2021, 48% of the patients in the hospital were mild or asymptomatic. That suggests also that they may have, I would say probably did, uh, were admitted for something entirely different, maybe some cancer treatment, maybe they had some heart problems, and that's why, although they were COVID patients because they were tested upon entry, they were there to get a limb amputated or something, right? And so that's what it suggests. But one final thing, Dr. Paul, which is in this same study, among patients that have had vaccines, 57% that were hospitalized were mild or asymptomatic. 
that says something really fishy is going on. And they said the only enemy out there are the unvaccinated. Yeah, that's and, right. and that that is a criminal thing that they're doing there. If they're unvaccinated, they're more likely to be restrained and punished and whatnot because uh, that's what, what the uh, passport will do, and which the business people sort of inherited and they and they use it. Well, you know, we have to do what we're told, and they do this. But the uh, the uh, the unvaccinated. Uh, now, or that that group, and I, we talked about this, I think, yesterday, the day before. It's huge. It's half of the population that probably have natural immunity, and they and they call them the enemy. Yeah. And you know, if I had a choice between some immunity coming from a vaccine versus natural, nobody has to guess where I would be yeah. on that because. Uh, it's, it just makes a lot of sense. But, you know, uh, a couple of scientists just, uh, uh, you, you know, got ready. They're getting ready to quit and resign because uh, they, they don't believe in the second shot. You know, yeah. uh, uh, we have that story. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that is a good movement. But at the same time, on the same day, this report, they uh, Fauci, of course, he has to chime in on everything. He says, yes, but. We, we can't let people fly and get on an airplane so easily. And they, they have to have vaccinations and they have to wear masks and all that nonsense. Uh, I, I used to think that uh, if, if, um, if you want to deal with people like that, what do they do? They purposely are able to avoid it. You know, they're hypocrites when they, nobody's looking. But I think what we should do is just put somebody with them and take a picture of them all day long and see how many times they break their own rules because that is what upsets people. Of course, uh, I think generally speaking, that is the case. Uh, politicians think they are special and they don't have to do uh, do, do the things everybody else does. And, uh, you know, they, they have a philosophy that some believe that's proper because they don't believe people can take care of themselves. They need, they need these, uh, these smart people to go and become a bureaucrat. I mean, do you think Fauci ever questions himself about whether or not he's the smartest man in the country? Yeah. He, he's probably, you know, uh, you, you know, exaggerated that for so long. I was going to say he lied, and he has lied a bit, too, yeah. that, that uh, he actually believes in himself. And, and that's why these statistics are, are important. It's so good when they come up and cancels out the past certificates and statistics. And that's, that's, that's the whole thing. This, this whole argument about statistically uh, biased people saying, well, uh, follow the science. And that, that, is, that has just destroyed the whole notion of science if the government's involved. And fortunately, a lot of people are waking up to that effect. The other thing that this suggests, Dr. Paul, if you're looking at a maximum amount of hospitalized people as COVID patients who are not in there for COVID, who, who are not sick from COVID, I would say this suggests a deep, deep corruption in the entire medical system of the United States. Uh, and that shouldn't be shocking because we talk about the corruption in the military industrial complex. Why not in the medical industrial complex? We know from the CARES Act which was passed at the beginning of the pandemic, and this was fact-checked by all the mainstream fact-checkers, I think USA Today, that if you have a patient in your hospital and he's designated as a COVID patient, the hospital is paid a certain amount of money. If that person needs a ventilator, they, the hospital gets an additional amount of money. If that patient with COVID dies, the hospital gets an additional amount of money. There is an extraordinary financial incentive for these hospitals, which a lot of times are run by big corporations, for profit, 
to make the pandemic look worse than it is. And I think now we're seeing with numbers and hard statistics that that is exactly what's happening. But what they use is fear, and fear causes people to not think properly. And so they're not thinking about what this really means. It's fear for a lot, and it's temptations for others. You know, yeah. with the money, uh, the bureaucrats look at that, and you, and you point it out well. But what, uh, that same argument can be made about the schools, and I've talked about yeah. that already. You, you know, how, how do they get reimbursed? Well, if you have students attend, so just drag them off the streets, uh, and, and then they wonder why they have problems at schools, the people that, you know, are not have, they do not have any incentive at all to go and learn something, and yet the uh, the truant officers are sent out in mass, brown up the kids, we have to count them, we're going to get our check pretty soon from the government. So it's total dependency on the government taking money from somebody else, and probably somebody else means that if, uh, if a person is capable or anywhere near uh, capable, they have their kids in a private school and they pay for it, or a homeschool, they pay for it, and then they get taxed to pay for this destruction in the school system. So that, uh, and, and you know, the other report I think is really has just come out, and I, it was even a surprise to me, is what what percentage of homeschoolers are minorities? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, it is. It's not the wealthy that you hear about. They may they may find a private school, but they don't do homeschooling. Yeah, that's true. Well, the second story, and you've, you've suggested it a couple times uh, because it is important to preview, but this is again Fauci, and you know, and we, we beat up on him continuously <laughs> because he's used as the sort of bellwether out there to tell you which way the wind's blowing in the administration. Let's look at this next picture just as an indication. This is from the New York Post. Fauci came out yesterday. He can't stand not being in the news, I think. If we can put that next to Here we go. Here's Fauci. He says, I would support that if you want to get on a plane and travel with other people, you should be vaccinated. Not anything other than that, you know, not natural immunity, nothing. So basically, he is endorsing one of the most anti-American positions, I think, in history, which is that if you want to travel in your own country, you should be forced to take a medical treatment that you may or may not want, that maybe you can't get, maybe you don't want to get, whatever. It's in your own business. This is a class A tyrant, you know, and, and until something happens where he's taken down, maybe for lying to uh, Senator Paul, that might do it. <laughs> but whatever the case, this guy's not letting up. And, you know, uh, it's disgusting to walk, watch the press conference with yeah. Saki. Saki, she, she was saying in regards to what you're talking about, and she says, we are always looking at more we can do to protect and save lives, obviously, uh, he, the president made significant and bold announcements yesterday. So I don't have anything to preview, predict, or, 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 or tell you. But we'll continue to look for ways to save more lives and take care of the children. Right, right. Unless you're a child in Afghanistan and you get bombed <laughs> with a drone. But, you know, in the same article, here's something to bring up. We don't talk about legislation very much, but this is important. Don Beyer, he has Jim Moran's old seat. You probably oh. read this. The guy is really bad. He's really <laughs> bad news. He is introducing or has introduced legislation requiring travelers to present proof of vaccine or negative test within 72 hours of boarding domestic flight or Amtrak. It's called the Safe Travel Act. And I would suggest that people have a little talk with Don Byer's staff and let him know what they think about this show me your papers if you want to travel 
legislation because it's downright un-American, if you ask me. You know, and, and I guess it was in that press conference, uh, uh, the pre press uh, agent, the press girl was asked, you know, well, there are times when there's emergencies and, you know, there's families, illnesses and all. And she sort of blew the whole thing off. Oh, yes, we take that into consideration right. and they can apply for this and get permission to go. And uh, you know a little bit about uh, how they abuse families, yeah. you know, about that. So. So it, it was no, they, they they do that with saying we really don't do this. It's it's just the local people doing this, the business people, it's the airlines doing it, and yet everybody knows the government has so much money and there's so much dependency on it. In a way, uh, that will be one of the side effects that may well be beneficial when this thing, this whole economic system comes down. Uh, there's going to be less bribing going on because people are going to uh, uh, all of a sudden see that uh, they better have other other confidence in other things than the, the government taking care of them or financing them or sending them more money to buy food stamps, the whole mess. Because I think that's going to be disrupted and uh, it's not going to be so easy to fluff over. But right now, they're, they're fluffing over it and uh, people are still thriving. Certain groups of people yeah. from the average person uh, that's uh, in the mi middle class. I think the people who suffer the most are low middle income. Yeah, low low middle income that suffer the most, uh, and uh, because they don't even make an, uh, you, you know, they have they have no way to get ahead, and they get hit with the inflation the worst. Oh yeah, they will. Well, our last major story that we're going to do today, if we can actually put this up, this is from the Daily Mail, and I think this is important because. It talks about a real split within the FDA. And, you know, we've been told for the last year and a half, it's the science, and you have to follow the science. Well, there are deep disagreements among scientists, and this is a letter written by 18 senior FDA officials to The Lancet, which, at least up until last year, had been a pretty well-respected medical journal. Basically, they are saying, no way. The White House is totally off the mark. They do not need booster shots. Uh, the shots are still effective. Don't do the boosters. And so there's a real rebellion in the ranks here. And it's fascinating to watch. And there are a lot of implications for this. Yes. And uh, this is this is back to who's telling the truth. Yeah. You know, uh, because sometimes it's uh, just political and they don't even think it through. Whatever is political, they do it and they think that's going to solve the problem. Other is pure cash, you know, and when there's a profit in it, fine. If there's a handout by government, that's another easy one for them. But, you know, one, one thing they avoid talking about is what is true? What, what is the truth of this? And, and, and we've drifted so far. I keep thinking about how I looked at it. It was not perfect when I was in medical school, but it was so much better. I mean, we were taught differently that you had this discussions and, and competition involved uh, and new things came out and you know the new things that came into the market while I was practicing medicine were more often developed in the private community than in the government but now the government controls everything they control the medications and and what you can't give and can give I mean it's t total control so so it has so much less value and uh, of course the people are much more frightened by it. It used to be that, you know, if you if 
there was a controversy. There was a lot more trust in the doctors. But I saw an interview just the other day by a nurse who got disgusted with all that. She says, and worked with the doctors, been doing this for a year and a half. Yeah. She says, I don't trust the doctors. Yeah. That, that, that's sad. The doctors don't stand. Of course, we've had, we know some of the good doctors that have stood up to yes. all this, and that, that's been good. And they've been, and I have to give uh, Fox credit to, uh, uh, because they've had some interviews on with some of the good guys that uh, are, are more objective in their medical views. Yeah. Well, this FDA split is fascinating because you also have this sort of competing corruption in the whole system. Because on the one hand, it's a real conundrum for these people because A, if these boosters are needed after just a couple of months, that's going to tell people one thing very clearly. This vaccine's not worth very much. When's the last time you had to have a smallpox booster, <laughs> you know, or a measles booster? Uh, that's the one thing. But on the other hand, and you have an article here that you were going to mention, well, the vaccine companies, the vaccine industrial complex, they love the idea of boosters. They want you to get one every week. Wake up in the morning and give yourself a shot because they're making a fortune. So you have these two competing things. On the one hand, the vaccine is fantastic. It's perfect. It, it can do no wrong. On the other hand, you need a lot of them. You know. <laughs> I think they're losing that argument, though. It's just a, whether or not uh, the people back off. It, it takes them a while because if, um, if they developed this strong belief and went along with everything the government was saying a year and a half ago. I've, I've, I've met some of the doctors and, and individuals who were very, very strong one year ago, and now they've changed their mind. Well, we've seen this. Uh, you know, uh, even, uh, even some of these articles show that there's a shift in viewpoint, but that's rare. And then all of a sudden you get Fauci back on the air. Yeah. Well, that's not exactly true, you know, and, and you, have to, you have to trust the science. It's, a, it's really nauseating when you, when you think of how they handle that. Well, one thing we know is they're not going to back off. Yeah. I was going to, if we're getting close to closing, I was going to close with a couple of positive things because I'm getting a little depressed <laughs> right now, Dr. Paul. But there are heroes out there. There are people who stand up, who have courage, and who lead other people through their courage. And here's a couple of them. These are sheriffs. Uh, here's a sheriff of Riverside County. We've talked about him before. He's a great guy. He's absolutely terrific. Uh, uh, sheriff Chad uh, Bianco. Listen to this. This is from a letter he issued just a couple of days ago. He said, in November 2018, the residents of Riverside County elected me as their sheriff. I stood before God and swore an oath to the Constitution of the U.S. and the state of California. It's my responsibility to protect the public from criminal element, as well as being the last line of defense from tyrannical government overreach. The government has no ability and no authority to mandate your health choices. As your sheriff, I have an obligation to guard your liberty and freedom. I'm certainly not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-vaccine for me. That decision should be made in consultation with your doctor after discussing the potential benefit and potential negative side effects. And he's not alone, and I bet there are plenty more like this. But here's Cleborne County Sheriff in Heber Springs, uh, Arkansas, who has a similar uh, point. Uh, he said, he said, um, uh, the, the employees of the county sheriff's office have not and will not, we will not mandate the COVID vaccine for any of our employees. Just like with the flu shot, their choice to get vaccinated or not is theirs and theirs alone. And we respect their decisions. I'm not pro-vaccine and I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm pro-freedom. And I'm for each person's ability and responsibility to decide for themselves in conjunction with their doctor whether or not to get the vaccine. You know, it's interesting. There may be people filing suit and trying to stop this guy, but, but uh, he's in a position, 
where he has an obligation, he's doing it, but he's still a, a bit vulnerable because people are going to give him, give him trouble. But you know what? He's less vulnerable. He has more leverage here. He has the credibility of support by the people. If people come hounding, you know, he was elected, and uh, my guess is he's probably going to remain elected and, uh, and get, getting support. But uh, this is so different than when they manipulate business people. That makes me really sick because it, it's a, an extension of the milder term I used to use is corporatism. But, uh, but now, now you have to use a, uh, a stronger term because uh, it, it is a manipulation of uh, corporations that are working with government and they are, you know, they're verging on fascism. Yeah. But right now we are at a point where there is this belief that uh, that we have to promote the uh, Marxist fascist uh, agenda because the one thing that really gets my attention is that philosophically from the very beginning what they did to give themselves license and it's no problem doing anything they want is they joined the crowd 100, 200 years ago that decided that you can't know the truth. The truth is impossible and there's no higher law. It's just, it's just whatever you do and whoever has the power and that way they can do anything they want. And, and uh, so the businessman, you know, I keep thinking of Ayn Rand's last lecture. She was, she was very critical, you know, of, of the corrupt business people. And yet she was, a, she was a, a free market person. But she said it was the businessman that would, be, but, she, but she came from a, a Marxist country. So yeah. she probably knew and understood the mentality of how the businessmen sold out. And they did it in Germany. There's still people, and I did it for years. Why do they do this? Well, I understand a little bit better uh, why they do it. They have, a, they have an excuse, and it's an excuse for power, and they excuse anything and everything. You don't have to be consistent. And the tool is uh, chaos. Yeah. Well, they're doing a very good job. They're successful. Uh, I hope that we can be just as successful as refuting the chaos. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, I'm all done, Dr. Paul. Very good. Were. I want to thank our viewers for turning in. And uh, some of you turned in a little late because we had to deal with a little storm here. Fortunately, it wasn't real severe, but it was it was enough for electricity to be knocked out. And and uh, we were still able to manage to get here a little late. But uh, it's it's been it's been good that we are able to get some of these positive things. Uh, I think the news is is moving in the right direction. But at the same time, like we reported today, Fauci he hasn't changed his mind, even though one day he says, maybe we should consider that. That was one of the statements this week. That's a very good question. It was asked by somebody on CNN. At the same time, the next day he says, well, uh, you, you know, we better use the we better use masks on airplanes. And uh, yes, I think people should have vaccinations. And he, he still strongly believes that you should have a vaccination passport, no matter what he said, says today and tomorrow. So I think that's the the line that me that I that I support and draw the line, and that is a vaccine vaccination, you know, vaccine uh, a passport. That I think is if we allow that to happen. But we had encouraging news this week: uh, United Kingdom, they they said they're going to give up on this. 
But you'd think that would wake up people because they were so bad. I mean, they're still going to do dumb things. But uh, if they can give up on that whole idea of the passport, that is a big step in the right direction. So we have to keep pounding away at it. And like Daniel mentioned, even today, they said, oh, maybe uh, somebody's they're doing this. Maybe maybe uh, they're catching up to what we said six months ago. Well, we, we, we don't get around here because I don't think you get anywhere bragging about what we do. But I do find it fascinating that because sometimes we hit some early news in the morning and I do flip channels and look at the news in the evening and almost always it's a, it's it's obviously just the coincidence is in the news so both people will be looking at it but I keep thinking oh I wonder if they saw our program today and there might be a couple of them that look there might be a staff person in some of those stations to find out what we're doing and uh, that that to me is important because it's representing ideas rather than political power and money and I think that is true and that's why I love our our conferences because especially the young people come and they're they don't look like they're going to join the establishment and see how they can become a bureaucrat and uh, and join the gang so that is what I think is good and I hope we can continue to influence young people and anybody else who considers himself young enough to think about the value of liberty I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report Please come back soon.